You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Keith. From the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menunos and Bing.com, and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's Revenge After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424 256 1729. That's 424. 424- 256-1729. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Revenge After Show. Welcome everybody, Bing is for doing, and we're here doing another Revenge After Show, Season 2, Episode 11, called Sabotage. Welcome. You guys know me. I'm Phil Svitek. Join alongside yet again. On a cobble. Welcome. And you will not see Catherine Tulich nor Gabriella Loren tonight because they are covering the Golden Globes. So instead, we figured we'd bring on a cast member. It's true. You did that. We did do that. <laughs> I hear the music, by the way. That's awesome. It gets me in like a dark mood. I know. We, I love the revenge intro. And speak, the voice you guys hear is EJ. I don't want to butcher your last but name. Because you, you have... You have you, try, you though. Have, I was going to say... Bonilla. That is wrong. Bonilla. Offensive. I take offense. Bonilla. Yeah, okay. Very good. All right. See, that's why. That's why I have co-hosts. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I have co-hosts. Zing. Um, in Spanish, the, the L's are like a Y. They're two L's. Mm-hmm. So it's Bonilla. I took this- French. Oh, you kind of went up to me. But this is great. We're having like a little bit of a Spanish lesson. We're we just, are. You know, uh, After Buzz is branching out. We are. <laughs> no, we're very excited to have you, though. Um, it's yeah, I had a lot of fun watching the show with you. Yeah, and then uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll get to talk to EJ. Um, we'll, we'll interview him. But for now, he's going to join us as we dissect tonight's episode. And, and for those who aren't watching and may not know, EJ plays Marco on. That's right. On That's, That's exactly right. Um, all right, so let's start with Amanda and her teaming up with Conrad versus the Ryans. Which, by the way, before we begin, you mentioned <laughs> that the Ryans, the, the actual people, not the characters, they're very True. funny guys. The, Ryan, the Ryans are played by Michael and J.R. J.R. Bourne, I think Michael's last name is Truco or Trucco or T-R-U-C-C-O. Hilarious dudes. And actually, in real life, they're like best friends. So them together, like vamping off of each other on the back lot while we're like rehearsing lines and stuff like that is enjoyable they're funny guys that's really cool so th- yeah because there's definitely a, a a closeness between them so i mean it makes sense it shows up I think ironically that- i don't think they're as close as um as i don't know as you guys i guess think um because for me kenny there's at least some compassion to him whereas nate is just a hard ass and he's like yeah i'll take you all down let's go you know because because in that moment when uh so nate leaves right and you know kenny goes like hey just come on just do what's necessary. You don't want any more trouble for your family. All right. Don't make waves. Yeah. Right. I just, I, I mean, I didn't say they were the same person, but I think that there's a, a closeness between them. I, I buy that they're brothers right. on the show. Not right. that they're, they're very similar in the way that they act. 
Yeah. I can I can definitely see the relationship as well. There, you know, Kenny is obviously the elder brother. The just more, talking to your mic a little bit more. Kenny is obviously stuff. the there elder brother, the more mature of the two, mm-hmm. which is possibly why he has more of this compassion that you're talking about, because he's experienced more. Uh, they they seem like the kind of guys that have had a a certain life, if if I can say that, and the person that's older has been through more. So it seems like that's where his compassion might come from. Yeah, and it seems to me, you know, it's it's also a theme of the show where, you know, legacy, right? The term legacy. And, uh, you know, whereas Nate has kind of followed in the mentorship of his, his father, you know, as we right. saw in, in those flashbacks. And Kenny, you know, might kind of be veering away from that. He doesn't like Daniel, for better or worse, doesn't want to follow in those footsteps of his father. Does that make sense to you guys? It makes sense to me, yeah. So, um... But uh, in terms of that, you know, now Jack's obviously in jail, and so we're trying to bust him out. I got I got a little down on Jack telling, being so truthful in a jail. <laughs> I don't know, you know, I don't know if that's the best thing. Do they record that stuff while that's you're on the phone? Literally, what I was thinking about while watching it. But I don't know. I guess it would make more sense if like they were visiting face to face. But if they're over the the telephone thing between the glass, I don't know. I I have heard that they record those conversations. I think that's more of a prison issue that they record conversations these are i think jack is just in jail right now in like a holding area they i mean he hasn't gone to trial or anything so i don't know that 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 they would be recording this is why i don't want to go to jail because i don't even know the legal process (laughs) right right there's a huge difference between jail and prison which i learned of recently there is yeah and I think if they do record those conversations they really can't use that against them in prison they can because they are already convicted and uh, whatever. There, there are different laws. I I watch a lot of lockup. We you really guys. are learning a lot today. I really, yeah, it's <laughs> awesome. Uh, but before anybody's convicted, uh, there's really it's kind of an illegal I recording. See. I, I see. I think. <laughs> well, I didn't really. I'm I didn't really sure. need a whole we can lesson Google on it. I have my phone by me. I didn't necessarily want to get too much into it, but just <laughs> it was more like a side thing. But um, you know, it's it's interesting after that how um, you know, I'm, it's it's been interesting for the whole season how Amanda and Charlotte are getting closer. We call her Amanda, by the way, just for simplicity, because then it would just get too confusing. Yeah, you don't want to say Amanda, Emily, Manda, yeah, Emily. Um Faux Manda. But the the, the, the <laughs> fact that their fake relationship as sisters is continuing to grow. Um, you know, with Charlotte, that's that, that's really interesting, and how that's developing. Right. Before we like veer into that, though, <laughs> oh. I, I I do just kind of want to stick with this. I, what do you think Conrad's interest is in Jack Porter and Amanda? For him, I don't I don't think there's a lot. I mean, as we saw, it was more Ashley's doing than anything. I think he could care less. Then what's Ashley's interest? Uh, the political, um, the politicalness of it all. You know? I think she's interested in continuing the lifestyle that she's accustomed to having. You know, they fired her. She has no source of income now. Um, and I'm sure she was getting paid fairly well in this, in this world of theirs. Um, and to be kicked out, you need to find your way back in. And since he's going into politics now and she has an option of being by his side and not having to deal with Victoria... She's just playing it smart. She's a really intelligent girl. That, and I think, you know, she knows these people, you know, and for better or worse, you know, you you, you just, sometimes you work with people that, I, I mean, they clearly hate each other, but you know what? what? What's the alternative? She doesn't want to restart. Right. I mean, I get Ashley's interest in in working with Conrad, but I, I don't really 
I don't really understand the real gain for Conrad helping Jack, pulling strings for him. Well, because it clears his name, you know, um, uh, cop corruption, right? That's going to be his angle politically. And, of course, he's had to deal with that numerous times. And then, um, you know, to a degree, it's also sending a message against the um, the initiative because they are, you know, they're corrupt as well. And they've corrupted cops and, and against them. And, and But the irony is that they've also helped them due to cop corruption. So that's going to be funny. Um, but I think, I think for Conrad, you know, it, it's twofold. But I think ultimately he's sending that message to the initiative. Well, what's interesting is that if, with this, well, does, is Conrad aware that the reason why Jackson jails because of the, the 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 Ryan brothers, I, th- I think they explained that to him pretty well with Charlotte and and Amanda. Well, okay. I mean, I, the, only, the only reason why I bring it up is because if he if he isn't aware that Jack's completely innocent, he's not sure of it. He can't be. He said it. He said the only reason why I, you know, I, he was like I was completely sure that I was innocent. Um, it, I understand what she's saying. Is is the point I'm making that, you know, if she. If he doesn't know and he's not sure and he ends up being wrong and Jack is guilty, then he looks horrible. So what's the point in that? Is that what you were getting at? Well, I mean, yeah, that's part of it. But I, I just think, like, who is this guy to Conrad? Who's who is Jack Porter? If it was somebody, you know, of a higher stature, you know, J- just, Jack- just a nobody well, to Conrad. We know Ashley's an opportunist. And if nothing else, there's an opportunity for Conrad. And now at this point, because he's committed, regardless of whether or not... You know, at this point, it doesn't matter to Conrad if Jack's innocent or not. He will make him innocent, regardless of the circumstances. That's actually a really great point. That and he point. has the op- opportunity of, of saying that he's helped the common man. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's a vote he would want if he's going into politics. Right. And, and um, plus, Ashley having dealt with drugs, you know, he's, he's, as he said, he's cleaning up the streets of his own backyard. I love intellectualizing all this stuff. Yeah. This is awesome. So, all right, I'm sold on it. There you all go. Right. Um, because job, we have man. so much to get to, let's, uh, let's move on to the next storyline, which is actually involving our guest here. Who? Marco. Oh, right. right. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, we, we, we read a news article um, in our news and gossip last week where it's, you know, you basically talked about how there would be a switch and that audiences would like your character a little bit more. And we, you know, we thought we saw that in last episode when, you know, you gave the, um, when, when you gave that yeah. piece to Jack, or not Jack, I'm sorry, Nolan. And uh, we thought that was going to be the key to this kind of reversal for an audience. And then obviously we were way off because it happened tonight, especially mm. with uh, Padma being on the phone with Helen at the very, very end. <laughs> Love it. Um, but in terms of that, you know, we, we, we were, as, at least for me, when I was watching it, I was going back and forth and I was trying to ask you, like, who's evil in this? <laughs> Are you or is she? And I told you, I said, I know the answer because I read the scripts, which That's is really exciting. Um, but it, it's an interesting, it's an interesting triangle. And uh, how do I want to ask it? Or, um, well, Anna, what, what are your thoughts on, the, on, the, uh, on tonight's, that whole development? I just, you know, poor Nolan. <laughs> I, I feel so terrible for him. There is... You know, last season he was just hanging out in his billion-dollar home, whatever it was, and hanging out by the pool and lonely, lonely, and you know, but there to help Emily and 
taking calls and whatever. And this season, I just feel so bad for him. He just looks so stressed. And Well, here's, you know, here's what I think the difference is, and, and it's because of what you just said. Um, last year, like, he's, he's a good leader, but he's a good leader within his own company. I don't think he's a good uh, leader outside of that, and especially, like, strategy of what's going on with all this. You know, and as you said, he took direction from Emily. So in this world, he needs direction. And right now, since Emily can't really help him with this stuff. With romance. With romance. or But there's also politics involved in all this. Hmm. You know, he doesn't know how to deal with that. He doesn't know who to believe because that's not his game. That, that side of it was handled by Emily. You know, if you just asked him to run a uh, technology company, it's what he's great at. Hmm. But include the politics, not so much. That's interesting. That's a, that's a, I feel like a lot of people who are really good at one thing. You're right, they often lack another area. And he's, he's a genius, isn't he? Yes. Um, but maybe certain social skills, like having to deal with lovers and stuff like that, are to come second. He's also confused. I mean, a man and a woman. He Is he confused? He... Maybe that's natural. Maybe that's beautiful. <laughs> maybe it's both. Maybe we both end up with him at the same time. Would that ever happen? I'd do it. Sure. <laughs> well, I mean, well, let me, I mean, obviously the, 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 he has, he's had at least a physical attraction to both of you guys, but uh, emotionally, who do you think he's, he's uh, more tied to, uh, Marco from the past or Padma now? Me? Like, yeah? For me? Uh, no, no, I'm, I'm asking if yeah. you want me to answer. Yeah, yeah um, for me, that's a real e- easy answer. Marco. Uh, and the reason being that Marco, of all people on the entire show... Uh, really knows Nolan because he knew Nolan before Nolan was Nolan Ross. He knew Nolan when Nolan was still trying to start this company, was still trying to start Noel Corp, was, you know, staying up late nights, uh, creating programs like Cassia. Yeah. Um, and from my perspective, they were together starting that company. They were broke together. And it's a different story when you know someone when they're really well off and famous versus knowing them before yeah. you know and that history uh says a lot i feel yeah, yeah. and uh obviously padma made up the story on why she was late to to the auction we obviously know it wasn't you know after at least we can assume that safely once we saw that but um you know what what stopped your character from kind of going on the offensive because you know we, we got that nice little shot um with you listening on to what was going on right you know, um, between Padma and Nolan and talking about, hey, I need a date for for the auction. You know, why wouldn't, you know, you were trying to gain Nolan's trust. What stopped Marco from going that extra step? You know, it's funny. I, I was, I, I've talked to fans uh, all along the time that I've been on, on the show so far, and everyone is really mad at me for messing with Nolan's head. And I, I think quite the opposite for myself. I think that Marco isn't really messing with his head. I think he's asking for what he believes is rightfully his. He didn't go and ask for a money he didn't ask for some type of payout if anything you know in the past he refused the payout he didn't want to touch the money but it's it's as if it's as if um think about the facebook guys everyone who who, you know started a facebook and there if there was one guy i think there is one guy who was like left out of the loop or he left before it went really public and and they made a lot of money that guy would be really upset like i helped to start this this company and i got i've seen nothing from it so imagine marco uh in the past six years watching Nolan's success, saying this was part mine. I helped to build him to where he is, and I've seen nothing from it. I want my own job back. I think I deserve that much, and I think that he's only doing that. And so by not, like, being vindictive and revengeful in his own way, 
uh, with this whole, you know, um, Dilshad thing is concerned, he's showing his 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 integrity. Yeah. You know, he's saying, you know what, you'll realize it. So I'll be here. You mentioned there there was a lot of stuff cut between the confrontation with Nolan, Padma, and yourself. What stuff got cut off? And and I. I I'll tell you the answer why I think from a filmmaker perspective, I know it got cut off. Go on, please tell me. Well, um, you didn't need it, is essentially, you know what I mean? Oh, I think, why it got cut, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, um, you know, I, I want to know what got cut out. But I think by having that stuff, I think it would have made um, less intrigue for the audience. You know, like, because in those moments, even me, I was going back and forth like, wait, are you the asshole? Is she the asshole? And I, right. you know, through that scene, I, I, that's when I developed the understanding, you know what, she's, she's the evil one. And I think had we had more of that, I wouldn't, you know, there would, there would have been less questioning. So there would, you know, by putting more, it would have answered it more easily for the audience. Totally. I mean, it's, that's completely possible. I mean, from an actor's perspective. And that I'm sucks. Like, I get oh, it. Come on. It was awesome. I wanted to see that, you know, be said to her and, um... I mean, and really, originally, there was just, like, this end, this, the way that he left the room. I'm not sure if I'm even allowed to say, since it's already aired or whatever, but it, I think you, I think, in my opinion, reassured the audience of Marco's character, similar to the mm-hmm. question that we were just talking about. Um, and I wish it were, I wish it was there, um, but it wasn't. That was sad. That is a shame. <laughs> Maybe on the DVD extras. Maybe. Okay. I mean, he, he basically left and said that, you know, when you're ready... I'll be here, and I and I will be more forgiving to you than you have ever been to me. That's um, actually really. Pow- I'm surprised that actually did get cut. Yeah. That's that's a powerful line. Right? Yeah. So I mean, from an actor's perspective, I'm like, oh, I wish they could have seen that. Not because I'm, you know, starving for spotlight, but because Marco, I felt like deserved to say that. But you know, it's a television show, and they film a lot, and they need to cut the fat. Because they need but to I think, make a certain I think time. you're right. It would have that would have actually been very revealing, and because it is such a powerful line, it's true. You know, yeah. I don't think people who are guilty say that thing. But maybe it was too powerful, and they want to keep us. That's what I'm saying. Possibly yeah. keep keep us in suspense. Well, you're keeping me in suspense, guys. That's rude. <laughs> um, but uh, we'll we'll talk about it. let's let's talk about this love triangle or. Whatever it's going to turn out <laughs> to be. It's we'll, no, we'll, we'll, when we talk with you, kind of more specifically about your character. Let's um, for right now. Let's try to get through the rest of it. Um, what is that? iTunes. <laughs> Want to talk about iTunes? Let's talk about iTunes. <laughs> um, we thank you guys obviously for listening every week, um, and and we definitely appreciate it. Uh, two things that you guys could really really do for us. A um, the biggest thing is just tell a friend. You know, um, we love the show Revenge, and obviously you guys do as well. Um, I'm sure you guys have friends that love the show, and even if they don't, let them know of Revenge. Revenge is an awesome show. So we're here first and foremost supporting the show, and then by doing that, also let them know that there's an after show for it. Because we, again, um, as... There's a lot that happens. There's a lot that happens. want to talk about it. You want to talk about it. And you want we're essentially wanting to build a community. And uh, for those of you who rate and comment on both iTunes and YouTube, we love reading those comments. You guys present different theories. And as, as you've been talking, you read, you know, fan tweets or whatever. Right. That's that's awesome. That's what we love doing. We, you know, we... Because I'm genuinely passionate about the show and I want to know everything and talk about it more. Um, so please just rate and comment um, on iTunes and tell a friend. It helps us out so much because it's free to you guys, not free to us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cost. Well, I won't do a breakdown of how much it costs Fair me enough. to be here right now, but. But it's free to you guys, so, you know, just go ahead, give us a little five stars. 
Just right. give us five, five stars. stars. Just give us a little five stars. That's right. Can I say, though, I think it's awesome that you guys do this. It's oh, You guys are basically doing what my friends and I do in our living room when we're watching television, and it's break everything down. You yeah. know, I love that it, it is a discussion. You know, yeah. it's not just one person commenting or just one person having an interview with another. It's a group of people talking. I yeah. like that. And we like bringing the fans. Um, so let's talk about Sto- Stonehaven. Um, yeah, what is it? Well, uh... It's it's very revealing of what it actually is. It's um it's a company. It's a it's that basically does recovery, right? So like if there's a Katrina, they would be the the relief effort, right? So clearly that indicates there's going to be a terrorist attack of some sorts, okay? Right? I mean, you, there's no other explanation for that. I mean, especially with what Victoria and Conrad, the way they were talking, you know, oh, well, you know what that's setting up to do because they've a they've lived through it, but like again, why else would you invest in a in a relief effort? And say, you know, that's kind of going down the tubes and say, oh, in six months, it's going to be huge. <laughs> Why? Because in six months, they'll have a ton of business. So, you know, it's just, right? Right. Tell me I'm wrong on it. I didn't you're, even think not. of that. I think you might be right. I don't know. I, th- I think I'm totally right. If I'm wrong <laughs> on this one, I don't know. But I, I don't think I've ever felt more right. Fair. Um, so that's what Stonehaven is. I mean, uh, <laughs> do, you, do well, let me ask you this. The better question is, does Daniel think this? I don't know that is Daniel privy to that information. I he's not, but at the end of the day, like you know, Daniel's whole thing is he wants to be more part of the loop, you know, and and have some intelligence behind him, and put two and two together. Is he putting two and two together? <laughs> he's not, he can't. He I don't think he's capable of such things. I mean, he's not intelligent. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it sucks to say <laughs> Daniel's not that not. intelligent. You know, um, he. A, right now he's love-struck, so that's got his mind all warped. Yeah. Um, he's also thinking about Jason and his his mother, and God, you know, God knows where his mind's going with that. And, you know, now he's listening to terrorists who d- he doesn't know are really terrorists or whatever you want to call the initiative. Um, yeah, I don't—and and he's following the, the, the track of— it's been initiated to research, you know, um, R&D of Null Corp. And, you know, he's, he's going after all these different things, but I don't know if he knows how to put it all together. I don't know if he's aware of it. I, of course, was joking about Daniel being, being you know, not very intelligent. I think he's very intelligent. I just don't think this industry is where he's meant to be in. You know, if you guys remember that, that, that flashback episode we had a yeah. couple of years ago, he's a poet. You know, he's a, he's, a, he's a sensitive soul, and he's being forced to become something that, I think deep down he realizes he doesn't really want to be, you know, but he's, but he wants to be accepted and wants to feel powerful and wants to feel, you know, visible in his parents' eyes. And sometimes when it's not what you love to do, you're distracted. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah. Well, go ahead. No, I, I just... You go ahead. Well, here's what, here's what I will say. I think, I'll go um, ahead. No, I'm joking. Yeah. Ironically enough, it comes from an altruistic side, I believe, ultimately. It, it, because he wants to be better than Victoria and he wants to be better than Conrad. And so that's his um, intrinsic nature, trying to, trying to run this company in a fashion that is, you know, worthy of that goal. Right. But it's the steps he's taken aren't obviously indicative I feel like of that. he has blinders on, you know? I think he's he's got all these these goals and so he's so focused. He doesn't see what's right around him right now. 
Yeah. You know? Too many people manipulate and control him. He, whether or not he realizes that people are making decisions for him. Hmm. Because everything's, you know, I wouldn't even say, like, it's double-sided. It's, you know, you're, you're reaching, like, four levels of thinking all the time. Hmm. And I think Daniel's maybe on, like, level three. You know, he can see, like, those plays, but he can't see beyond that. And I think, you know, as we kind of discussed, that, that might be Nolan's problem as well. If Emily's not interpreting things for him, he doesn't know. Emily's also been trained for years to handle that kind of stuff. And these other people, and Nolan and Daniel, I think, are sensitive souls. Yeah. I don't want to run a company. It <laughs> yeah. seems like a yeah. lot. It's a lot of yeah. work. Yeah. These multi-billion dollar companies. I Trust don't know. me, I know. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. You... Revenge is a hobby of mine. It's time to do other things. Yeah, for my billions. It's good. Uh, I, I totally understand. I feel, I feel the pain. I made it sound like I sell my body for billions. Is what it made it sound like. I was like, yeah, I do other things. You know, you know what? Uh, I'm, I'm really glad that you brought that up. Uh, Prostitution, just serious to, problem in the United serious, States. Serious, so. serious problem. Just to just to backtrack a little bit. Ashley made the comment to Conrad. I know where the bodies are hidden, uh, proverbially and otherwise. Do we know? Do we know? I mean, is this uh, foreshadowing, or do we know uh, that they buried? Was it metaphorical? Body? Maybe the she bodies. She said proverbial and, and otherwise. Oh, she she specifically was like, "You killed folks. Uh, you killed people and buried them, and I know where the bodies are wow. buried." You are the mafia, is what she said. That's a good. That's good. I didn't. I didn't pick that up. Um, I don't know how to interpret it. Well. So yeah, I'm just like double checking. Is that a foreshadow? It must be a foreshadow because we don't know about. Yeah, Very I mean, it, it's, it's everything, you know, usually when a line sounds uh, multi-layered, it probably is in this show. Mm. So, you know, I'm, I'm glad you actually picked that up because I certainly didn't. I'll say this. I know that, you know, for a fact, you know, they've, the, the writers have created this world, you know, and stuff's going to go on in this world, even what the, the cameras don't catch. Yeah. You know, so I think that a lot of storylines are, because of that started or seem to start, like all these possibilities are out there. So then they can take advantage of that and say, well, we choose to see this. Yeah. You know? So. Sure. It could happen. We could see it. It might not. Yeah. And in, so going back to um, Still Haven, because it's kind of blackmail related as well. Uh, in terms of that, w- with Jason in particular. Yes. And him getting invited. Uh, has this reached its full ploy of sabotage or is this going to carry on to the next episode? Of course I- it's going to carry on. What do you think the the full plan for the sabotage with Jason is like? What I, you know um, that that's why I asked because I don't, I don't think it is complete. But I'm asking, I guess, what the full goal is of Jason. Hmm. I think that they're still trying to dethrone Daniel, and I think Stone Stonehaven. I'm not. See, I'm not. Well, is Victoria? Let me. Is she trying to? She's obviously trying to dethrone him, but it's it's for his good. Sure. And buying Stonehaven is obviously would, in her eyes, hurt Daniel. Right. Gives him some sort of monopoly that. So is she trying to have him buy it, Jason? Yes. And then what? And then I don't know, but... I understand that's a tough question, but... Right, but see, and that's why I'm not exactly sure what Stonehaven controls. I mean, they have some sort of something that that I think we just don't know yet. So... Can I I say this? It almost seems like, because now that you brought that up, it makes me think about it. It almost seems like 
and I promise I'm not coming from a place of I actually know and I'm pretending like I'm talking intelligently <laughs> about stuff. Um, it almost seems like Victoria's playing it incredibly smart because she is, in a sense, it's seeming to try to dethrone Daniel, get him out of harm's way. You know, the king is, is you know, where all the arrows are pointed at, you know. Um, she also seems like she's, tr- she's trying to toughen him up giving him a competitor, a sparring partner, if you will, to say, even if I can't dethrone you, my son's going to be strong and be Sweet able to handle sick. himself. So that mm-hmm. she's she's covering both angles. She's really smart and she's gorgeous. She's she doesn't really fit. That's a good, uh, <laughs> no, that's that's actually really smart. I, you know, I never thought of it that way. But you're right, because Conrad, you know, Conrad couldn't necessarily defeat Jason, but Daniel did. And it almost speaks to her faith in her son and and her faith in his intelligence you know i think he is a really smart guy i think he is just a sensitive soul and she's without him knowing it because she's manipulating the shit out of him wait can i say that no yeah i can't you just she's manipulating the shit out of him um and making him stronger in the process it's just it's interesting yeah um so yeah i really like that i love well there's there's more on the daniel and emily side but i love how the wine turned out to be shit yeah (laughs) Yeah, I laughed. She spit it out so quick. Yeah. That's disgusting. Um, yeah, turn wine. Can wine, wine tur- turn? Can yeah, it, oh, yeah. It, it can turn bad, but usually only when you open it. I, You know, like the, the whole oh, thing is, oh. like, the older the wine, the better. So right. So this is a 1945 wine. Maybe it wasn't corked well. Well, yes. Wine can become corked uh, on its own. Like, every batch of wine can have a bottle or two that... Just doesn't, yeah. Just that, just you know. Just a side note: if you're having an auction and the wine eventually could become a million (laughs) dollars, just have a little taste, you know, before you sell it. Before you sell it for a million bucks. Hey guys, you want to buy an unopened bottle? Wait, wait. (laughs) Okay, now it's half off. Just totally side note, you know. Well, they should probably gift him another bottle. (laughs) Yes. As a gesture of good faith. Emily can give him one from her shelf. Oh, yeah, sure. I got this at Trader Joe's. <laughs> yeah. Six dollars. Um, so speaking of that, um, unless you guys really want to kind of dissect the, the wine auction, but I don't... Uh, well, speaking I th- of what, of Trader Joe's? No. Oh, okay. Because I um, love them. Let's, let's talk about Aiden and Emily, because, you know, obviously that, that plays a big role in tonight, and, uh, you know, they're splitting apart. The more, uh, you know, it's, I mean, it's it's... In many ways, the closer Daniel and Emily get, the farther Aiden is from Emily. But are they really getting closer, or is she just playing the game? She's playing the game, but at the same time, it's still affecting the actual relationship that um, Emily and Aiden have. Hmm. Right, but I just feel like that's so insecure of Aiden. Well, yes, I agree. (laughs) He is a male. Well, (laughs) girl, I... He is a male. Shit. Well, I mean, it's 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 it, <laughs> Martin's laughing in the booth. Um, no, it's just uh, you know, I feel like it's revenge is a fickle thing, and uh, you know, Daniel's dealing with his things and, and his women. No, but like now, the, the just notion of Colleen, I, I you know, Aiden like Daniel's becoming very emotional. You know, mm. first about Colleen, now about. Her. Well, he's also, I mean, if he had, he's been trained, right? And yeah. in the, the flashback episode, there were, uh, what's the Emily's trainer's name? Takeda. Takeda was, was skeptical about taking Aiden on. She forced him. So he didn't, you know, that right there told you that he may not have the it factor, right? To keep his wits about him. Also, he's a male. But Emily almost broke, too, last season. 
True, but she's human, you know. And then you think Aiden about, is not. Aiden is, <laughs> but Aiden also right now is is very emotional because there's the prospect of his sister being alive. Yeah. So you know, if something serious happens to you in your life, the stuff that you're normally cool and calm about all of a sudden become they more easily affect you. Yeah. Um, and I feel like the I I feel for me the biggest part for Aiden what, what's really eating him is that uh, he he wants. Emily to be on his side right now more than ever right. because of that fact of Colleen right. and the fact that she's not really interested. She's more, you know, it says that hurts him. Hmm. And that's what's killing him inside, I believe. That's like, you know what I mean? If there's a breaking point, that's what I feel it is the combination of the two. I mean, Emily just can't take care of everybody's problems, you know? She has her own plot of revenge to take care of, and she just can't be, like, yeah, bailing everyone, Jack out of jail, and, you know, it's like... But everyone helps her at the drop busy, of a dime. Okay? She is busy. She's got a lot of revenge stuff to do. No, you're right. I'm sorry. Everybody does help her at the drop of the dime. You're right. That's so, true. you know, she can't just take, take, take. She's a little bit of a man-eater. She's also living in an unrealistic world to a certain extent. Can I say that? I mean, because, the Hamptons. Because what I'm doing... When, the Hamptons doesn't <laughs> exist... No. Not, New York <laughs> also non-existent. No, I just I just mean that, you know, she's. You're, everyone is dropping at the, at the at, at, to help her at the drop of a of a dime. Right, that's, that's the expression. That's how it goes. Yeah. Um, and she's not realizing what she has right in front of her right now. She has this life that she could live and have friends and have people that care and love her. Um, but she f- chooses to live in this world of revenge. Chooses to live with this goal in mind, and she's not letting it go. And that's what I mean is it's unrealistic. Just maybe it's the wrong word. I just I don't think she's appreciating what she has. And so it seems like she's just being really selfish. I mean, I feel like she had a choice in season one to either, you know, I think the episode was literally called commitment. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, you commit to something you go through it. And um, there, there eventually just comes a point where, you know, it's uh, there's a term from it, barring from another show, half measures and full measures. Hmm. And if you go half measure on something, then it's ultimately going to come back on you and and hurt you more. Whereas if you go full measure and commit 100%, then, you know, you'll achieve that goal. And if, you know, I think she she crossed that point of no return in season one. I would agree with you, yeah. So, and now if she if she just decided to live happily ever after, like, think of all the times Victoria would pull her back in. As she said last episode, how can you say no to Victoria? Hmm. Right. So, Victoria's very... It's a really she, sad place to be. Sorry. It is. No, no, go ahead. It is. I just, I, I, that, that's all I had to say. It's just, it's that sad. Imagine that being real for you or, or uh, you know, it's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. But, as you said, she's choosing that life. She's independently wealthy. She could live anywhere in the world, but... She goes back to the place where her father was taken and lives where she can't say no to Victoria. Let's let's talk about, um, since we're on the subject of Aiden, the, uh, the plot that her and Nolan have against um, Aiden and Helen. I thought that was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what conclusions I can draw to it. You know, obviously, I get the setup, but in terms of what Helen now thinks, you know, because Aiden asks her, like, you know, do you have, do you have any idea who this could be? And, uh, you know, she says, yeah, I think I suspect who it is. Hmm. And I don't know where that's leading. Do you guys have any inkling or... Again, a loaded question. I didn't, I didn't catch that. I must have been taking notes because I thought Aiden was in on it, too. No. Be, well, because I think they were testing Aiden's resolve. 
you know, of how... Because oh, remember, they said, you know, I think Aiden's hedging his bets. What, is, what are they talking about? And they set up the whole thing. And remember, Aiden was, was trying to pull off the mask, but then uh, Nolan came down and he started shooting. Aiden wasn't trying to pull off the mask. Helen was. Oh, that's right. And he took her away before he could. That's a good point. I'm also, sorry. Also, Aiden's a crack shot, and he was missing. So I'm pretty sure those bullets were blanks. Oh, unless he didn't know they were blanks because he took the gun from her. That's true. Um, oh, but, then I, but then I think about, and I swear I'm not coming from a place of knowing, I think about the last scene where he comes over, and it was really sweet when Emily says, trust me, you know? I, I did not catch that. She says, trust me. Um, yeah. Sort of like, you know, wordplay. Um, and she hands him his bag. I get a, I have a feeling that there was more in that bag than his things. I think that that there were, like, things from that night there for whatever purpose. Yeah. Okay. Um, then perhaps he wasn't on it. I think, for me, I could be wrong. I'm probably going to get so many emails about this or, like, fan comments. But I think, <laughs> um, I think for me, Aiden was not in on it until until that part. I think, you know, it'll be explained to him, as you said, in the bag. But I oh, don't, maybe. I don't maybe. know. I can't wait till it would have been really interesting if like he was shooting was like what's wrong with this gun (laughs) (laughs) wait a second yeah (laughs) that was a a good Aiden impression (laughs) Um, there was a moment where he uh, he did his Aiden does his James Bond impression yeah, I thought that, that was, was hilarious. hilarious. Yeah, that I was pretty funny. He's like, "What have you got for us now?" <laughs> yeah. And I, I laughed. Cute. That was pretty yeah. funny. Yeah. Um, to hopefully make my point, I think or solidify it. The reason why I don't think Aiden was in on it was because he told Helen, "Don't say anything." I mean, he. I mean, if he wasn't in on it, that's exactly what he would say. He's also trained by Takeda, right? He would know exactly what to do in the situation if they're trying to bring Aiden and Helen closer together. I mean, oh, wait, it, wait, he's, wait, what am I saying? Why are we arguing about this? We, he know. literally says it to her on the phone. Yeah. He's like, if tonight worked, then blah, 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 blah. And she's like, well, we have to, you know, we have to, we can't place our bets before. That's a, but they're both horrible impressions, but <laughs> no, no. <laughs> you're an actor. You should do better than that. And there's pressure. It's live. It's crazy. But he says it on the phone to her. He's like, you know, if tonight worked, we, sh- you know, you don't need to keep up your charade with Daniel. And, and she says, that's right. Well, All right. You know, I stand sure. corrected. Okay. So what basically, you, want? you were not watching the show. I which stand I took corrected no, too no, because no, no, I was no. on it. You know. Well, we were we were just so <laughs> so mesmerized by your scenes. You know, we just <laughs> that's what it was. Yeah. I was like, guys, guys, <laughs> fast forward through this. <laughs> yeah. The truth is, we didn't watch the other scenes. We just yeah. Yeah, we just rewatched. We just this we just fast forward to mine. And yeah, I mean, we we interpolated what happened in those. <laughs> yeah. Um. I feel like that kind of covers it, you know, I want to, you know, I kind of rushed through it because I definitely want to spend a little more time um, talking about Marco and and that storyline, but, right, that covers for the most part everything. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Again, this is really fun. This is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, having a great time, right? Let's shift. Let's shift over to you, if you don't mind. And let's start with Marco. Made that really scary. Um... (laughs) What's the good news is thanks to tonight's episode, half my questions don't even matter. <laughs> awesome. Um, no, but um, I guess this still kind of matters. What, what are your feelings towards Padma? Obviously, you know, um, t- you know, tonight answers it clearly that there's a huge dislike towards her. But um, can you describe it a little bit better than just dislike? Or sure. To- well, how many cusses are we allowed to say? Uh, ten. <laughs> Seriously? Sure. She's a bitch. <laughs> She's a mean-spirited bitch. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, wait. 
Padma really is. I think so. I think Marco was suspicious of her from the beginning. Uh, mm-hmm. That's my feeling because I'm him. Um, <laughs> um, I think that it is genuinely suspicious that, well, because Marco knows from his perspective that he didn't write that email. Mm-hmm. He also knows that all this suspicion that's up about Cassia from Daniel. Carrion? Carrion? Oh, Carrion. Okay. Sorry. No, no. It was originally, I think, written as Cassian. Sorry. sorry. No, no, no. I just want to make sure we're on, I just make sure we're on the same page. That's right. all. Yeah. Carrion. Yeah. Car- Carrion? Carrion sounds way, way more like uh, suspicious of whatever it is. <laughs> Doshad said Carrion. Like, he was talking about a Carrion. Sorry, Doshad's the actress's name. Yeah, Padma. Yeah. 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 And I thought that was hilarious. I cracked up. Yeah. Good job, Doshad. Um... No, I think that, you know, he knows that he didn't raise suspicion of it, and only he knew, only Nolan knew, who else could have known. So when he says to Nolan, you know, what is suspicious is, you know, this girl suddenly shows back up into your life, and such and such, and this and this happens, makes complete sense to him. Yeah. Let me ask this. You, uh, uh, forgive me if I'm getting this wrong, but you you said you guys had the same acting coach? Oh, yeah. I'm really glad you bring that up. Anthony Abeson, A-B-E-S-O-N. Honestly, in my opinion, the best coach in the city. Of course, that's in New York or LA? In New York. Okay. In New York, um, he has like this really small classroom setting at the Producers Club on like Forty Fourth and Ninth. And Gabriel trained with him personally, just private coaching, just one on one. But pa- both Padma and I were in class. We weren't in class together, but over the years, we're in his classroom. I mean, he's he's amazing, and the fact that he has three actors on the same show now speaks to that. He's sure. he's fantastic. Interesting. Um, well, there goes my theory on how you got cast. I was going to say that... That's but, what it was. I know, Is it? Yeah, no, I know the shot. No, I'm joking. That didn't happen. How, how did you get cast in, um, into the role? Well, really, it's... Uh, I really like ABC for this. One, because they cast me. Um, and two, I think they're really good at... <laughs> I, she just laughs at anything. I'm not very funny. <laughs> no. um, uh, they're really good at, at breaking certain uh, borders. Because the, the part was written for a 30-something black man. Mm-hmm. And they just cast who they felt was right in the part. I am not a 30-something-year-old black man, in case you guys were confused. Um, For those of you who aren't watching. Can I say, you do look older on the show. You look much older on the show. I'm glad, because I'm not 30-something. And, and, uh, you know, now we know Nolan's Nolan's age, and he does not look his age either. So you guys meet nicely in the middle. Yeah, he's a really young guy, isn't he? He's really always fit and good-looking. Sorry. (laughs) I apologize. No, well, but um, I auditioned like everyone else, um, and I just got really lucky. I'm really happy. How did you How did you find out about the part? I have a manager and an agent. At the time, I was uh, repped by Abrams Artists, mm-hmm. um, and uh, they just got me the audition. And let me ask you this: I mean, what was the What was the description of the character? Um, and you'll see where I'm going with this. It's a great question. Um, actually, when I first auditioned for him, I played him more OCD. Um, and I actually really liked that playing of him. But, you know, you get into the room with directors and things things change. But he was, in the breakdown, uh, the kid who doesn't have a lot of social skills. The, you know, the kid who in high school was very shy and very to himself, the introvert. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when I was in the audition room, they said, well, you know, he is that guy on the inside. But at the same time, he's had to be accustomed to leading a boardroom full of people and so he's broken out of a shell a bit but he's still that guy on the inside which became the overall way that I feel like I kind of played him mm-hmm. I think he's not really good at dealing with his emotions either which is why he was so affected by 
Nolan's lying to him in the past and what's going on with him now. I don't think he's the kind of person to open up easily. And when he does, he does, and he loves. Uh, yeah. So I, I feel like he really loves Nolan, and that's not easy for him. Did you... Um, I'm sorry to cut you off. Go ahead. Did you, uh, did you have any reservations about playing a gay character? Mm, not any, anymore. I mean, I think that's... Not anymore. Re- well, I, I, I say that being completely honest. You know, when you are... I'm from Brooklyn, New York. I'm a Puerto Rican male from Brooklyn. There's a lot of misconceptions about the homosexual community. Um, there are a lot of stereotypes, and there's a lot of fear, and there's a homophobia that exists in that community. And, you know, I've learned throughout the course of my life thus far that most of them just aren't true. You know, just all the, all the fear that we have is for naught, you know. Um, and I think that it's my purpose as an actor to portray my character as best I can and what I want to do for the rest of my life is just tell stories I want to tell real human stories and when I get a chance to do that that's just what I do whether the character is gay or not but yeah. you know the first time I had to play a homosexual role or to kiss another guy I admittedly was I was afraid I was confused I was scared I was like should I do it what does that mean about me you know bef- <laughs> you know and I remember talking to an old director of mine his name is a Cruz Angeles. He uh, wrote and directed this film, or co-wrote and directed with his wife, this film called uh, Don't Let Me Drown that I was in years ago. Um, amazing guy, amazing director. And he, he said to me, you know, is the character worth playing? I said, well, yes. He's like, well, then you do it. Yeah. That's great and advice. That's yeah. You know. Uh, you were talking a little bit before the show, and please feel free to just say no to this. You don't I have will. to. You don't have to answer anything. The answer is no. But, uh, uh, you talked a little bit about uh, your dad and sort of his reaction. Do you want to oh, share no, that story? No, it's actually really funny. Well, just an, an example of what that community is like. My dad's really old school. He's, you know, Boricua from the 70s. That was his prime, 70s and 80s. Um, and so when I, t- I mean, <laughs> when I when I told him what was going to happen on the show, I, as a joke, put him on speakerphone because I was with my, my girlfriend, her mother, and, and her brother. <laughs> and we were all in the car, and I was like, just listen to this for a second. I was like, hey, pop. Um, so I got the part. It was like, oh, Papa, that's good, man. What? What is it? And I was like, uh, it's on uh, Revenge, this show on ABC. He was like, oh, yeah. I was like, the character is gay. He was like, no, Papa, no. <laughs> <laughs> don't do it, man. He was like, don't do that to me. I was like, I have to kiss a dude. He was like, <laughs> EJ, you know I have a weak heart. And he was really serious. Yeah. Um, and, and, of course, he, I was, you know, he was like, well, did you get paid well? I was like, yeah, I got paid well. He was like, oh, okay, fine. <laughs> so you know he got over it really quick uh, but you know that's sometimes it's really good that I take parts like this because it helps educate that community That especially yeah. my friends from back there they're like well EJ's not gay but how can he be comfortable doing that did and, you did you do anything to research the role um, or research how to be gay uh, role? yeah uh, how to be gay so I went to a lot of clubs and I hung out well um, here's what I you know uh I, I know I'm very close friends with Cameron Monaghan, and I don't know if you know him, but he plays Ian on Shameless. Awesome. And Ian is a gay character as well. Right, right, right. And uh, I've had the opportunity to interview him as well. Fantastic and show, by the way. Love. It was a British show originally. Didn't yes, know that. Was. I'm on the third season. It is awesome. You're on Shameless? On the third season. Oh, wait. I Oh, wait. On Wait, funny story. I meant I'm on the third season of the British Shameless, oh. as in watching it on Hulu Plus. Oh, 
but you're also <laughs> correct in that I am also a guest star on the third season of The American Shameless. That's awesome. I think it's episode three of the third season. That's, oh, that's I look super for, awesome. That's, I also that's play ridiculous. a gay character on that show. <laughs> do you, do you do. go with him? No, 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 not with him. Oh. That's awesome. I don't want to give anything Didn't away. Didn't it premiere tonight? Yes, it did. So, uh, so not this Sunday, but, but the follow Or not the follow Two Sundays from Episode now. three. Yeah. Um, episode three. After Buzz TV exclusive. No, but, but that's really awesome because, um, you know, what I was going to say is that, you know, the way uh, Cameron described it, you know, I, I play a character who is gay, but I am not, like, that doesn't define me. Right. And your performance, you know, it doesn't, the gay doesn't define, like, your character. Not at all. You know, you're, right. you're, at the end of the day, to me, you're always going to be Marco. Right. You know? Um you know, I got a lot of uh, like fan tweets and uh, like messages on Facebook thanking me for playing the character more "quote unquote" straight. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's because of that that people think in stereotypes when they think gay, and it is nothing to. Do. It's who you love doesn't define who you are. Yeah, it's just who you love. Yeah, uh, agree. And uh, my other question is, uh, you know. As we were watching the episode, you were obviously talking about a lot of the people, and uh, so it seems like the clo- the the set is very close. It's a good you, cast. You guys, yeah. you guys interact with each other because I mean, realistically, you've only been in scenes with Josh, who plays Daniel, and um, you know Nolan and Padma, right? Right. Yeah, just about. Um, but you seem to know all of them. Well, you know, you're on set and they're shooting scenes somewhere else, or you know, you're all on location together and they're just waiting to shoot their scenes or your trailers are close to one another and you have conversations with people everyone's really super sweet and super nice Gabe especially of course I've spent the most time with him is just the nicest guy zero ego and he you know how many credits that guy has if he wanted to he could just be a, a prick and he's not um I mean he was, he was in the Bourne movies how cool is that um, awesome. um but uh but it, it, it is rare you know you get on a show and you feel like you're the adopted kid Mm-hmm. A lot of the time, and I didn't feel that way on this show, which is important because when you feel comfortable, you give a better performance. Not that I was any good. We hey, thought you were good. Whatever, man. Stop fishing. Um, and Anna, I know, I know <laughs> you. I've been. Uh, I know you have a, f- a few more questions. I do have a couple of questions. Um, and I think I think you kind of hinted at this when we were watching. But do you do you get to see entire scripts? I do see entire scripts. Um, the, the reason why I'm able to like talk about the stuff with you and genuinely not un- know what's going on is because we don't get the script until like the day before shooting, and we don't see a script we're not in. We don't get it emailed. You yeah. know. Um, I remember from from seeing uh, the bonus features in, in the first season. Yeah. They you know um, they would come to you guys and they would just hand you like the sides of the day of the, like all right we changed everything from it last happens night all the time. I mean it'll happen day of sometimes. You know. Yeah, I mean, think about it because everything's there's so many storylines, but everything's connected in its own way. So if this changes over here, then now technically this has to change, and then this has to change, and this has to change, and then all of a sudden, you know, you have too much going on, and now you have to cut things down. Well, if we're legitimately going to cut things down to to make the 43 minute time limit, then we have to change bits of the story here and change conversations. So they're constantly. I mean, the writers right on set with you saying, "Okay, ah, uh, ah, uh, okay, yeah, 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 okay." typing away on their computer yeah like there on the spot i mean it's amazing that is amazing it's really cool and Ra- i just don't get enough credit do, do you guys um <laughs> they should though <laughs> how much do you guys help them out like if they're on the set with you like do you guys have any input you know of like hey you know what my character would say this or like can we try this well i mean from my experience they were really really nice um i, I think i've met maybe four of the writers so far um and i would 
sometimes they have more input on the show than anyone else because it came out of their head. You know, so I'd pull them aside and say, well, you know, the way I feel about Marco is X, Y, and Z. What do you think about that? And, she, and he or she would be like, that's exactly right. And, yeah. I, and every once in a while, I'd say something like, well, can I say? Actually, one of the things I got cut in this episode was something I asked to say. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, yeah, do that. And then they, they took it away. Rude. Yeah. Well, they accommodated you anyway. No, but <laughs> no yeah, they're, they're super awesome. And yes, you can say that. I think that, you know, anything worth watching has been in some way uh, a collaboration. You know, yeah. you make things that are good or even great, even better. Yeah. Yeah. And my last question, uh, and then Anna, you can ask yours. And mm-hmm. I, I certainly have way more. But, uh, you know, going from you did you did daytime soap and now this is kind of as we joke about it it is nighttime soap right so you went from uh uh guiding light to this it's true the so light, what, what, what are the similarities and differences um it's 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 a fast paced world the the soap world it is it's so i mean think about both? it is that a similarity they're both fast paced but uh, nothing primetime can't touch soap world and they can't mm-hmm. they, they they can't they they're doing 42 minutes of material in a day, which is half of a movie. And, and even in the independent world, where I'm very comfortable with, you're still doing that whole film in a month. So they're taking one day to do half of a film, is the way I think of it. Yeah. That's crazy. That is completely insane, ridiculous. It shouldn't be possible. And there was a point when I was first on GL, when we were still on a three-camera setup, that they were doing seven and five. That means they were doing seven episodes in five days. And it was an hour-long show, so it's 43 minutes of material, seven of those in five days. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, you know, on, 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 on Revenge, you get eight days. And of it's course, a little you, better. It's a little bit better. <laughs> um, um, that being said, it's high drama. So it's, it's, very, it's similar in, the, in that regard. The writing, I'm not going to, by any means compare them like whether which one's better or whatever but it just it's well everyone has more time so I mean really it has to be a little bit better doesn't it you know you have more time to create and to be inspired yeah um but the high drama is really just the the, the main similarity between the two something's okay. always happening someone's always killing someone and I think I was the only person on a soap to actually serve his full sentence in prison. I was there the whole two years, I think. I don't know. <laughs> the whole two years. I killed the I DA. Like it was great. What? It's awesome. What's funny is that when I shot him, the gun didn't go off, but everyone was still like, oh, a gasp. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. That's me making fun of my old soap. That's okay. I can do that, I think. I, I think. think you, you've earned that, right? Your contract is up, right? Yeah, I yeah, hope so. so. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's okay. Um, Go ahead. I'll let you ask, Anna. All right, so tell us what it was like to be on Reading Rainbow. Reading Rainbow. <laughs> you know, it's funny. My father wrote that song. Really? That's why I was on the soap. My dad wrote the Reading Rainbow song. Wow. That is a lie. You guys believe you? Really? I mean, that would have been a good lie. <laughs> <laughs> I love the sound effects here. Funny story. None of that is true. I was never on Reading Rainbow. It's a common misconception of those of you who read Wikipedia. Uh, I think it's Thank also you. on IMDb. <laughs> is it really? Yeah. Oh my god, that's ridiculous. <laughs> we, we gotta get that. Fixed. I don't know why it's there. <laughs> I swear I was never. On, I wish I would have. I didn't start acting until I was sixteen. I was well past mm-hmm. Reading Rainbow's uh, cancellation at the time. IMDb. I know got you guys were like you really probably, excited probably, like, about saying yeah, that. I, I was like super excited. I'm like, oh, Reading Rainbow. That's amazing. It was Here's awesome. what I'll say about IMDb. There's literally ten Phil Svitex on IMDb. I'm like, can we just? I've emailed can them. We, can we consolidate it? Like, it's let's all consolidate. me. And they're like, no, we can't do that, sir. I'm like, but 
Do you understand? It's me. <laughs> it's and there's like ten different. I, could I just? Let's, and they all say Phil Svitek. No, they're, they're, they're the same spelling. It's weird. I'm like, can we just? So yes, IMDb. We have confirmed tonight. <laughs> IMDb is very misleading. Martin, write it down. January 13, 2013. <laughs> IMDb has officially been. Mark this misleading. All right, so back to, I mean, we were talking about this earlier, but just now you kind of <laughs> brought it up, like, you know, oh, my dad is music, and <laughs> just kidding. It's not true. So, he uh, didn't write music. But, um, he hates music. That's sad. He, he, hates, <laughs> he must hate life. It's terrible. <laughs> he really actually tried to teach me how to sing on, with music. That's he sweet. loves, like, the doo-wops. Every time I hear an old Motown song or a doo-wop, I think of my dad, and I start crying. Thanks, All right. Well, anyway, um, <laughs> that's too emotional for me to get into. <laughs> but uh, you were telling me earlier that you're getting into comedy. I'm trying to. Yeah. Like stand up or just what I, kind of comedy? I just everything I've ever done. I mentioned before, like I'm comfortable in the independent. I've done like a couple films and all of them are, are these dramatic love stories and stuff like that. And, and revenge is in its own regard, a dramatic love story for Marco and and Guiding Light as well. So I haven't done a lot of a lot of comedy professionally and I and I want to so I just enrolled in UCB's first you know level class and my girlfriend and I are going to go try to be comedians together I'm, I'm learning I'm, I realize it's really you guys can come if you like come sure. to our show when we when we graduate there's like a what did, where we, comedy uh, show speaking of that where, what's your Twitter how do people follow you uh, it's at EJ underscore Bonija B-O-N-I-L-L-A that's right. That's my Twitter and Instagram and everything else I possibly have is under that. Excellent. Um, but I'm learning that to be funny, you're not supposed to laugh at your own jokes. No, that's, yeah, that's, I could have told you that. going to be really serious. <laughs> I laugh at my <laughs> own jokes all the time. Um, should we do some news? Yeah. Unless you have one last question? No. All right. No. Mm-mm. We could ask fake reading rainbow questions. You can. Let's do Hungry, hungry it's not, pitter. It's not all it's cracked up to be. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> All right, let's Surprise do some news. ending. <laughs> <laughs> let's do some news. After Buzz TV News. All right. Why I have to read this tonight instead of Anna, I don't know, but she is making me read this, so forgive me if I, I sound like a four-year-old. I just love Phil's voice. It's very soothing. You do Vern Gorman will join the initiative on revenge. He will play Trask, a representative from the group who will, who will now make Daniel do their dirty work. And, of course, uh, Gorman, you know him from Dark Knight Rises. Johnny English Reborn, and my favorite, Layer Cake, starring Daniel Craig. <gasps> I love Layer Cake. Layer Cake is awesome. Um, so I'm excited for that. Um, it doesn't say when he's going to be there, but we can look forward to that. Yeah. Um, anything that helps us understand the initiative, I'm all for. Because I don't understand the initiative. Agreed. Uh, Martin, hit the spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. There spoiler we go. alert. Uh, so, creator Mike Kelly recently teased the mid-season climax, which um, is going to be episode 14. We can expect the Porter's boat sinking with one or more Hamptonites on board. As Kelly says, there are going to be more weddings and more deaths. Hmm. Ah. Very interesting. Um, you know anything about this? Huh? All right. Fair no. enough. No? Well, I don't know. Um, I, I, well, I when asked to compare it to last year's climax of the Fire and Ice Ball, which is, you know, the famous Tyler shooting, um, Kelly said, the emotional resonance of this particular tragedy is going to be a lot more powerful. Emily's world will be rocked, um, as will the viewers. So, I don't, you know, it's going to be interesting. Are the Ryans going to go down? <laughs> They're going down. Someone's going down. I don't know anything. I'm sick of the initiative. 
This isn't the initiative. These I are know. the Ryans. I'm sick of the Ryans. They're going down. They're I going know. Down. I'm just. I'm just. Marco right. kills them. I'm, si- I'm thinking about your last piece of news and gossip. Oh, well, oh, about it. Yeah, we'll get yeah. there. And talking we'll about, there. I don't even. All right, so combine Aiden and Emily, and you get their nickname, which I Adelie. <laughs> what? <laughs> Yeah. No, I, the, the, I, you know, like Jennifer. Yeah. Can I just put this out there? Not yes. every couple needs to have like a squished together name. It's Surely not, not them, because I can't. I, yeah. Adelie, I believe, is how you actually pronounce it. My girlfriend it. and I have one. What yeah, is what it? What is it? It's Iche. That's it's adorable. That, that, that seems a lot easier than this. Yeah. Um, well, anyway, um, Kelly says that there's going to be a huge loyalty challenge between them because Aiden's very complicated. He's got his own drama and agenda. Just as their passion grows stronger, they'll find themselves at odds mission-wise. So, obviously, we've got a little bit of start of that tonight. But we'll see as it develops. And the last piece of news that Anna is certainly looking forward to. The thing about Amanda is that she's a survivor. She's going to have a challenge coming up. In order to save what what she has going on with Jack, there's going to be a choice she has to make that will involve a betrayal of Emily. Ooh. Dun, dun, dun. I don't know what that means or what that's going to be. I don't know. There you have it from the man himself, Mike Kelly. Any any thoughts on that? Plenty. Plenty. All right. Well, how about this? Uh, That's all the news and gossip we have for today for January 13th, 2013. Let's move on into predictions. You guys have multiple segments. That's cool. Predictions. (laughs) What do you predict? On? What would you like to see? If on television? See, yeah. In oh, the grand scheme of television. I can just combine shows and make one weird show? Uh, let's stick with Revenge. Oh, Revenge. Oh, <laughs> right. We're sticking um, with the theme of Revenge tonight. I would like to see more of a relationship develop between Nolan and Marco. I, I think that history breeds uh, conflict, and I think any good show is made up of conflict, and I think that that's a really great... Those are really great grounds uh, to see something amazing happen. And I'd love to see maybe Nolan find someone someone who really loves him and not what he can offer. Because even Emily is always asking him for things, isn't she? Yeah. I think, yeah. She, I think she has his back, but I think she's always... Emily's never going to put out to Nolan. Well, you never know. <laughs> That's, yeah. I think it's possible. Season 8? I think it's possible. <laughs> Season 8? <eight. laughs> right before you know the show goes away? I think, it's, I think that actually is possible. Could be. I think it could happen. I think it's very. It's it, uh, viewers will be very creeped out. I don't Just think thoughts. anything is. But your brother and sister. That's weird. Yeah. I, my both relationship predictions, but I predict a public relationship between Conrad and Ashley, and a mm. a rekindling between a real rekindling between Emily and Daniel. A real one. Oh, wow. Interesting. That makes sense. I can see that. I mean, this girl's all messed up. She likes Jack. She likes Aiden. She kind of liked Daniel. That's how she falls into Nolan's arms. <laughs> yes. Nolan, I'm confused. Help me. Okay, baby. I used to be confused, too, Emily. <laughs> I used to be confused. High five. Yeah. Good job. Yes. That's funny. <laughs> um, I can walk you through this. Let me show you uh, That's kind of all I got uh, for, this, for this episode. Um... Where can we find... Let's start with you, Anna. Where can we find you? Well, I'm on a... fans kind of know. They kind of know. This is going to be funny. Do you, can you even guess her Twitter? Annabelle. Oh, that's... Love. Very close, but uh, not. Yeah. Um, I'm Anna Koppel. You can follow me at Koppel for Mayor. 
K-O-P-P-E-L-F-O-R-M-A-Y-O-R. Didn't know her last name. That was unfair. Ambitious into politics. She's like Conrad. Someday. Copple for mayor. Yeah. And once again, where can we find you? Now? Oh, on Twitter. Oh, Twitter. At EJ Bonilla. If you want to give away your apartment address. EJ underscore Bonilla. I live in Los Angeles. There you go. <laughs> do you have Instagram? I do have Instagram. It's also EJ underscore Bornia. There you go. So make sure to follow our guests. And of course, you can follow us here at AfterBuzz TV. Um, on behalf of myself, on behalf of Anna, on behalf of EJ, on behalf of Catherine Tulich, who is at the Golden Globes, on behalf of Gabrielle Loren, who is also at the Golden Globes, uh, this is it. We're signing off for this week's Revenge. See you next week. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.